Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for June 6, 2018, and my second go recording this because I was a few minutes into recording this just before, and all of a sudden the file corrupted and everything crashed on my computer. So that was a little bit annoying, but at least it's kind of, hey, I know what I'm talking about now. I'm going to not only talk about the baseball games for tomorrow, but I was also going to touch really quickly on the showdown mode for basketball because they've had some pretty big contests for that. It seems to be pretty popular, and I've been playing it, and it's pretty fun. So a couple potential value plays to look at for tomorrow. First, from the Warrior side, I think the, the most important injury news here is obviously Andre Iguodala, not just is he going to play or not, but is he going to start? Is he going to have any restrictions? He's only 4,200. So if he plays and starts with no minutes restriction, I think he's a pretty solid value play. We just don't know if that's the case that far out. And then there's also uh, there's there's other implications of Iguodala being able to play and what his restrictions are. Some of the best value so far in the showdown mode from the Warrior side has been who's been starting in place of Iguodala. So Kevon Looney was a really good value play for a few games as a starter. Then we saw JaVale McGee enter the starting lineup last game, and he produced really well for Min Price. So if Iguodala plays and starts, he probably makes David West, Kevon Looney, JaVale McGee, I think they all become much weaker plays and probably guys we don't really have to look at. But if Iguodala's out then whichever of those guys ends up starting, probably going to be JaVale McGee. Really strong value play. McGee at 1,200. He put up was 16.5 fantasy points in 18 minutes last game. So, I mean, at, at almost min price, and the way that the ridiculous pricing is for showdown with the punt plays is the min price is 1,000 as opposed to 3,000 for the regular classic mode. So you need very little amount of production for somebody to be able to hit value at that kind of price tag. And then it also lets you pay up for the studs that we're going to want to get in the lineup in LeBron and Durant and Curry. So I think JaVale McGee at 1,200, really strong value play if he starts. And then we have Andre Guadalla could be a good value play if he ends up starting at 4,200. And then David West, I think, also could be somewhat interesting if Iguodala is out. He only played 11 minutes, except he was pretty productive in that time last game. And if there's no Iguodala, I think we could see... David West get into the 10 to 15 minute range and he should be able to hit value in that amount of playing time from the Cavs side of the game. It's tough for them to find production from anybody other than LeBron. And that's kind of been the case throughout the playoffs. Kevin Love was pretty good last game, but just looking at value for them right here, uh, J.R. Smith is still only at 3,600. I know by and large, he's sucked in the playoffs, but still, decent fantasy production for him at such a cheap price tag. He scored 13.5 fantasy points, playing 31 minutes last game, 38 minutes, 42, 38 minutes the few games before. As bad as he's been, he's still playing over 30 minutes per game, upwards of 40 minutes in some games. So I think that he's still a strong value play, somebody worth considering. And then the other news that came out today that I think is some value implications for Cleveland is that Rodney Hood is going to get a chance to play in Game 3. It's I'm going to guess that's going to come at the expense of Jordan Clarkson minutes because Clarkson has just been a total shit in the playoffs. He has been inefficient. I, I think the last assist he's had with Cleveland was something like a month and a half ago. He's gone a really long time without an assist. His usage rating is really high when he's on the court. He takes touches away from LeBron. He sucks. So I think we're going to see those... Let's see, how many minutes was he playing? Jordan Clarkson was playing... Uh, like 
10 to 17 minutes per game. I think we see Rodney Hood get those minutes now. And Hood at also min price tag, just 1,000. I think that he's a really solid value option. Uh, if we could get 10 to 15 minutes from Rodney Hood, I think a pretty good play to also let us go up for some of the studs on the slate. So in, in a best case scenario, we see Rodney Hood and JaVale McGee both in their optimal situations. And you can kind of put them in and really pair them with any studs that you want on the slate. So that's my quick take for the NBA showdown contest for tomorrow. And now getting into the Wednesday baseball slate, we have 10 games. Um, pitching, I think, is a little easier to figure out than the offense because offense, there's just a ton of pretty good options. And then something else of interest is that the Dodgers have not officially named a starter. As of now, this was supposed to be Clayton Kershaw's turn in the rotation. Obviously, he's on the DL. The rumor amongst beat reporters that Caleb Ferguson is going to be getting the start from the Dodgers. If Ferguson starts, he's one of the better prospects in the organization. He strikes out a lot of guys. He's not quite as good of a prospect as Walker Bueller, who was somebody who we rostered like right away when he got called up. But 7,100 for Caleb Ferguson, if he does indeed end up starting and doesn't have any pitch restrictions, I think that he's a fine option for his price tag. Uh, just We don't know that for sure as of now. In terms of the expensive guys that we do know are pitching, we have Aaron Nola, Shohei Otani, Lance McCullers, and Jack Flaherty. So of these guys, I think that Otani and McCullers are both pretty strong plays. Otani's numbers have just been really good, not just as a pitcher, but also as a hitter this year. Uh, but Otani, 3.18 ERA, 3.23 FIP, really DFS-friendly game, striking out about 11.5 guys per nine innings, and a pretty good matchup against the Royals, who have an 89 WRC plus against right-handed pitching. They don't really strike out a ton, except I still think that for the price and overall matchup, Otani, I'm good with rostering him at 11,100. Pretty safe play with some upside also. Another guy who I think is worth rostering here, Lance McCullers at 10,500. McCullers has been a little erratic so far this year, except that's kind of always the case for him. He's inconsistent just because for whatever reason, he's ridiculously extreme home road splits. For his career, Lance McCullers has a 2.32 ERA at home. 5.09 on the road, more strikeouts at home, less walks. So we always see with McCullers, he's priced in between his production. He's kind of priced for his mean production. So that means whenever I see him go on the road, he's probably a little overpriced. And whenever he's at home, he's probably a little underpriced because he's such extreme splits. So the matchup against the Mariners, maybe not the best matchup possible. They're kind of middle of the road with a 101 WRC+, plus, but also we have to keep in mind no Robinson Cano for them. So probably slightly below average offense against right-handed pitching. And then also we get those home road splits for McCullers, who it's been the same for him this year. 1.97 ERA at home, 5.54 on the road. He's at home. I think he's worth rostering. I played him last time at home against the Red Sox. He was fine in that matchup, and that's a, that was a much more difficult spot. And if we look at his last few starts... 18 fantasy points, negative 5, that was a road game. 34, that was a home game. Uh, 17, that was a road game. 12, that was a road game. He is 33 at Oakland at home. Uh, He pitches well at home. He doesn't pitch well on the road. That's the story of McCullers. He's at home. He's worth rostering. Uh, If, Like I was saying, that if we see uh, for the Dodgers, Ferguson starting, he is priced at 7,100. I think that he's a fine play. In a pitcher's park against Pittsburgh, 
And then other pitcher who I definitely like for sure is my favorite value play and the pitcher I'm going to have the most exposure to. It's John Gray, 7,500 pitching in Cincinnati. His numbers get a little inflated because he has to pitch games at Coors Field. Half his starts come in Colorado. But if you look at the peripheral stats for him, really good stuff. He does have a 5.68 ERA this year, but if you look past that 3.15 FIP, 3.07 XFIP, he's striking out 10.5 hitters per nine innings, only walks 2.5. By wins above replacement, he's actually been one of the better pitchers in all the National League this year. Just some shitty luck combined with bad park factors have led to him giving up more runs than he probably should. I think this is a good spot for John Gray. And the matchup, not all that difficult either. The Reds, 89 WRC+, plus, that's 22nd in baseball. I like Gray a lot. He's going to be my favorite pitcher to roster on the slate. So now getting into the offenses. Oh, we've got some shitty pitches down here. we got some bad ones. Ian Kennedy is – it feels to me like Ian Kennedy starts every other day. I don't know why, but every night I look at the DraftKings pricing for the next slate and it's, ah, Ian Kennedy's starting. So we've got Ian Kennedy, Sam, Sam, Glavig- Sam Gaviglio, Wei-Yin Chen, Hector Santiago, Bartolo Colon, and Blaine Hardy all pitching tomorrow. All these guys are just total shitbags. None of them are good. All gas cans. So we have to make some decisions. On the high end, the Red Sox are probably going to be the most, expen- the most highly owned offense. They're pretty expensive. I, I still think they're worth rostering. Uh, ownership, probably a little bit of a concern. They do have the highest implied run total as of now. But if you look at Hardy, he's not been particularly good this year. The Red Sox offense has been really good. The one thing, though, that has me a little wary of the Boston offense outside of just the ownership is they've murdered right-handed pitching this year with a 120 WRC plus best in baseball, and they've been below average against left-handed pitching. Now, I don't know if that matters against somebody who's as bad as Blaine Hardy, but it's at least enough for me to say I'm not going like all in on the Red Sox tonight. Uh, certainly some individual hitters, J.D., Just Dongs, Martinez. I think he's a really strong play at, what is he, uh, 5000 I think it's a little bit too cheap for Martinez, considering he's priced around guys like Chris Davis, Giancarlo Stanton. And he's outproduced them from a DFS perspective by a, a wide margin this year. So Martinez, even though he's 5000 I think there's some value to that price tag. He's my favorite expensive hitter on the slate. Uh, some other offenses that I think are worth rostering is definitely the Oakland A's. Uh, I am I probably target Bartolo Colon more than most people. Whenever he's on the slate, I always have exposure to the other offense. And it's it's not just that he hasn't been great over the last couple of years. It's how he gives up the runs. He gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of home runs. If you look at his last seven starts, 13 home runs allowed, so almost two per start. The Oakland A's are a home run hitting team, so there's a lot of upside in going with them. I don't think they'll be as popular as the Red Sox. There's also a little bit of more pricing value on them because they're not quite as expensive, uh, but another good spot. And then I think as an offense that has a lot of upside that should be a little under-owned is going to be the Minnesota Twins at home against Hector Santiago. Of all the pitchers on the slate, I think Santiago is probably the worst he is a 10th degree gas can. I think that would be the proper classification for him. His numbers this year, 5.1 ERA, 6.28 FIP. He walks nearly as many guys as he strikes out. He's also a fly ball pitcher, only 34.7% ground ball rate, but giving up 14.7% home run to fly ball rate. 
The Twins also an offense that should be better going forward now that they have Miguel Sano back in the lineup. And I also think a lot of people are going to overlook the Twins in this spot. I think a lot of people go to the Red Sox. I think a lot of people will go to the A's. And I, I don't think that we're going to see quite as much ownership on the Twins as those teams. But I think they have just as much upside, and they're also a little bit cheaper than some of those spots. The other thing, too, is the Twins play a lot of lefties in their lineup. Not as much of a concern against Hector Santiago, because not only can he not get out righties, but he doesn't really get out lefties either. He's actually been a reverse splits pitcher the last couple of seasons, and he's done worse against left-handed hitting than he has against right-handed hitting. So I'm, I'm fine with guys like Eddie Rosario, Max Kepler, if they end up in the lineup. Uh, no, don't be too concerned about looking at it. Oh, it's a lefty-lefty matchup. They're still okay to roster. So those are my three favorite offenses to look at, the Red Sox, the A's, and the Twins. And then for pitchers, Otani, McCullers, Ferguson if he starts, and then John Gray at 7,500. That'll wrap up the baseball slate and also a little talk about the NBA showdown. You guys can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBirdDFS. You could always reach out and ask me questions and I'll answer. And I will be back to record a podcast tomorrow night for Thursday's slate.